Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the African Fo- Fantasy Football Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, our resident FPL witch, Nanama Ayeno, and our very enthusiastic Arsenal fan who really loves SPL, Sabelo Mbongo. Game week one has proved to be really what it is, both a blessing and a curse for a number of managers. I know for a fact that the people in our league are enjoying the points they are raking and I have been regretting not having certain players in my squad that I had literally an hour before adding to my team. Nanama Sabelo, how has game week one treated you so far? Was it up to your expectation? Were you below the points you wanted or you are in a very good mood right now? Well, I'd say that I think I could have done better. Um, having Captain Saka instead of Haaland was a headache until Saka played and I realized that it wasn't too much of a difference. But hey, it's just game week one and so many changes to be made along the line. Jota did not pull in the... the points I was expecting. Um, Chelsea really looked very organised and ready for the season and I'm loving it because I'm a Chelsea fan even though I expected us to lose that game. Um, surprisingly, you know, Pep did his own thing with Stones as if, you know, we didn't, we didn't expect it at some point. And Gabriel not starting didn't make sense to me. But anyway, still a lot of lessons to learn and um, move on to the next game week. Sabelo, how was your experience with game week one? Uh, I'd say it's a fair start considering both my forwards did well. I had two injuries in my team, which was bad. But uh, considering that it's only the first game week, it was it was great. And watching it was great as well. So many great performances from different teams. It was a great weekend. For me, I particularly did not like it because I felt that, you know, United would perform much better at home to Wolves, a team that literally lost their manager a few hours, you know, to the league beginning. And I felt that Bruno and Rashford really proved to all of us managers who have him in the squad, they'll probably, you know, get an assist and a goal each. Um, I captained, you know, Bruno Fernandes for mine and I really regret because I had Haaland as you know, my vice captain, and I was like, oh, I know Haaland will score, but maybe Bruno will get an assist and two goals. You know that thing where, as a fantasy manager, you're very wistful, and that's what happened to me. In the end, I did not even reach the average number of points um, that managers did, but I do know that FPL is a marathon. It is not a sprint, so you may start well and still end up, you know, in the poor side of FPL, or you may start on the poor side, and then gradually your points will increase. Who are the standout players for you um, in game week one? Let's not focus on Haaland because we somewhat knew that Haaland will perform the way he did. But looking at the performances of the players, people like Joao Pedro, people like Tonali, people like Barnes, you know, all those guys who contributed to the high number of goals scored, what were your you know, your viewpoints on them. Do you think there are people that long-term you can add to your squad and do you think they'll perform long-term? Yeah, I was I was pretty happy with the players. Um, My biggest player that I enjoyed watching and seeing perform this weekend would probably be Alexandra Isak. I mean, he was phenomenal. He got a couple of goals in the game and his team won a big match. Which isn't, if you look back a few seasons ago, wouldn't be, if you told Newcastle they'd be here today, they wouldn't believe you. They're playing spectacularly. Arsenal played pretty good, but I felt like they could have done better. Bukayo Saka was playing pretty well. He scored a beautiful goal. What a goal it was. And uh, some surprises would probably be the, the Wolves players last night. I couldn't believe Pedro Neto was playing so well. And I couldn't believe United was playing so bad. So uh, I guess you can say there was goods and bads this week. Yeah, honestly, I must agree with Sabello because uh, Wolves looked very organized. Very, very organized. Konya would be a threat to a lot of teams this season. And um, I 
as you said, was surprised at how United, it looked like they hadn't had any preseason, you know, and hopefully they figure whatever it is out. And Casemiro looked quite lost to me, but I hope that, well, as a rival fan, I don't really hope that they figure it out. <laughs> it, it benefits us anyway. Um, Chilwell was very, was outstanding to me. This, um, you know, not like he didn't perform preseason. It, it's not really a surprise. But the fact that he could bring it in as well in such a big game was really pleasant to see. Um, there were great performances during the weekend, I think, as Sabella mentioned, Isaac was one of them. The Luton-Brighton game was one that looked a bit confusing and it really showed how Luton has a lot to learn when it comes to adopting to the Premier League. They, yeah, they were resilient. They seemed to have a plan where put in a lot of pressure, kept throwing the ball into the box, but uh, due to lack of experience, they, they gave in to Brighton, I think, uh, from the... 83rd minute to the end and they conceded two goals that made them look like they had a very poor performance but it wasn't too bad Estepinan had a brilliant game despite the yellow card and conceding you know getting losing the clean sheet he still managed seven points was death from the assist and then three bonus points Pedro was he looked very uh, threatening and he's going to do more of that in coming games. So that's good. In Buemo, uh, Diaby and Madison, my goodness. They were great to watch, especially Madison. And I know that this weekend's game against United is going to be one to really die for. So I'm really looking forward to it and seeing how that plays out. I'm not in a rush to get Madison yet, but I think maybe I'm going to regret it. But I'm holding on to some of the key players that I have to see how it pans out. I was disappointed um, that Bruno Fernandes did not bring in points as I had expect. But I hope that that works out um, in the next few game weeks. I don't think it would this weekend, but I hope so. Um, and looking at the game week, uh, the next game week, I am expecting that we get to really streamline our key targets from there because it's still not very clear. Uh, games like the Newcastle Aston Villa, the Bournemouth West Ham game, and even the Arsenal Nottingham Forest, I expected a lot more goals in that than you know the the outcome. So it's still hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. But there there have been great performances this weekend, and obviously for me the standout performance was Chelsea Liverpool. Obviously, with Chelsea's great performance. Did you say Chelsea's great performance? No, I was. I was really pleased. I was pleased with yeah, what I saw. We'll be pleased because everyone um was somewhat expecting Liverpool to have you know a walk in the park. But I I would admit that it's 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 somewhat positive to see that Pochettino is bringing some form of structure you know to Stamford Bridge. Nine players. Had double points in their first game week. Varane with 14, Holland with 13, Isaac 13, Rodri 13, Leno 12, Juan Bissaka 12, Barnes 11. Disasi, even though he conceded the goal, still ended up with 11 points and Saka with 10. For me, I was quite disappointed that Saka held only 10 points because I was really hoping that he could, you know, score a bit more and have a bit more assisting there. One place, one person that you know, stand out for me in this nine players is Rodri. We all know that Rodri is not a goal scorer. He's mm. not one also that assists. But in the first game week, he's proven to managers that at a price of 5.6 million, he can be a real bargain if you're struggling to bring in maybe a second or a third option from Manchester City. I'm not surprised that Isak started the way he, he did. I think in this year, especially where they have Champions League football, he's probably trying to cement his place in the squad, both for the Premier League and for Champions League football. So at a price of 7.6 million, he's, he's 0.4 cheaper than your Gabriel Jesus and your Watkins. So if you're thinking of their long-term game, and plus they, it looks as if they do very well at home, you can have Isak 
in your team. As for Leno, with his 12 points, I'm not surprised. I did predict that he's going to have a very good season, not because Fulham has a very good back line, but because he is a very good keeper when it comes to shortstopping. I mean, look at the number of saves he made against Everton. I don't know if you guys watched the game, but I watched the game. Nine saves. That is that is no small feat, you know, for your game week one. And in, in game week two, they face Brentford, which has a difficulty rating of three. Um, game week three and game week four, he'll be facing Arsenal and City, respectively. And that can really be the point where he cements himself in the teams of FPL managers. I like the fact that Barnes, when given the opportunity, came and took the ball by the, you know, the horn, by the horn because he only played for 22 minutes and he had a goal and assist. So if you're thinking of having a midfielder who's not too expensive, you can bring him in at 6.5 million. He's a real bargain ahead of players like Saka, who's 8.6 million, and ahead of players like Martellini, who's 8.0 million pounds. I want to give a shout out to Onana of Manchester United. I think when it comes to the most confident keeper in the league so far, and I know it's only going week one, I have to give it to Onana. That guy eludes confidence. He's like a, he's like a Moruno of goalkeepers, if that makes sense to you. And Sabelo and Nanama, how did you see his performance? I think he really showed why they put that price tag on him. He was, as you said, full of confidence and exhibited great qualities for a Manchester United goalkeeper, what they have been looking for. But I'm going to be very honest with you and say that I think, and this is a personal opinion, um, Manchester United, were, they were lucky to have those three points from that game. Because they, as I said, they look very disorganized. And um, the thing is, Wolves did not have great finishes at the end of their chances. If they did, Manchester United could have been what let's say it would have been three goals to one and I feel like they need to work out whatever it is in their midfield which would protect their back line more I don't know is it that uh, Martinez is injured is that why he went off Zandro Martinez was he injured yes I think I think he's injured that's why he went off it, it's either that or they're trying to prevent a long-term injury okay and and um Lindelof when he came on it didn't look as if he was ready for the game, you know. And maybe because Wolves, were mu- they were much more prepared. They were pacey on the wings and whatnot. But I feel like Manchester United, was they were not ready for that game. And Unana saved them a lot because there were a lot of crucial saves. That penalty, had it been given, I don't think a lot of people would be praising Unana as they are currently. So I, I feel like this is... Um, an outlier of performances were three points of a game. Yeah. Yeah, I also think Anana did United a favor this past weekend. United wasn't even close to their best. And like Nana said earlier on, it looked like they didn't have a preseason. They were poor. And then Wolves were playing pretty well. It's just that they didn't have the final product. And Andre Nana was there. And that penalty decision was also controversial. But I feel Onana's going to be pretty big for United this season, considering they parted ways with their long-term goalkeeper, David De Gea. Now he has to be there for them. And then they have some big games they're going to play. If they continue in such forms, there are some tough opponents coming up. They might need them the most there. For me, as a rival fan and even a lover of FPL, I didn't like the fact that Certain players didn't do all this weekend. Um, Son didn't necessarily give points to all the managers who decided to pick him with this price of 9.0 million over a pick like Rodri, who gave us 13 points. Mason Mount really looked out of place in the United um, setup. Another player I particularly didn't like their um, gameplay this weekend was. Diego Jota, I feel like preseason he did much better, but you know he wasn't really clinical against Chelsea. Um, I think Foden still looks a bit out of place, and that can be very threatening to the number of minutes he gets because we all know that 
um, what's his name, Alvarez did well in game week one. And if he continues at this pace, he may start ahead of Phil Foden, which will then have to change people's mindsets towards having either Foden in their squad or going for Alvarez in their squad. Um, I didn't see, you know, much of players like Diaby um, as compared to what we saw in preseason. I was telling a mate of mine that preseason really doesn't do enough justice to proving to people that, you know, a particular player can do very well. We know Haaland did not score a goal, nor did he perform very well in Community Shield, but four minutes into the game against Burnley, he got his first goal, which really shows that this season is going to be very tough. Nanama, for you, which player did you not like their performance and you would advise managers to take out from their squads as early as possible? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I think getting Jota out might be... It, it is tricky, but it might pay off because Luis Diaz might be a better option at the moment. And Salah, when he gets a much more... When he gets the minutes that he's looking for, the opportunities, a team that has a very weak... Uh, you know, left wing, he's going to exploit that greatly to his advantage and it will lean towards more of him, possibly Lunes starts. Um, so I don't know. I, I got Luis Diaz in my, uh, sorry, Diego Jota in my team and I don't think I got what I was really looking for in the game against Chelsea. And obviously, Bournemouth has suffered in the hands of Liverpool in the past, but it's not going to be, I think it's not going to be as easy as had been for Liverpool. Um, they look a little bit more organized than I'd seen them prior in, in um, you know, in the prior season uh, against West Ham. And I feel like he is one player that I think I'm not going to, you know, stick with for the next game week. Um, I'm going to try as much as possible to hold on to Bruno Fernandes, but I might change my mind because they're going to play against Tottenham that seem to be more organized and lethal in front. So I'd see where that takes me. But I think that Jota is, is that one for me, considering I didn't really pick players who did not shine in, in the first game week. What about you? For me, I feel like Alexis McAllister expected him to do better as uh, the new role he has taken at Liverpool. I expected Liverpool to play better overall, but then I don't want to let go of him just yet. But then for me, I think Dejan Kulisewski, and not just him as an individual, but, you know, Spurs right now, I feel like they're still trying to find their feet. I don't think they have a pretty good run of games coming up for them. They have a brand new coach. They lost Harry Kane, so I think I'm going to let go of Dejan Kulisewski. I think that's a wise decision because we saw clearly from game week one that regardless of how much Madison may not necessarily contribute, you know, to build up play, because I felt as though he, at certain points, slowed up the play for Spurs. He's definitely on set pieces. And if, if anyone is on set pieces, there's a high chance that they would give you a goal or an assist as compared to a player like Kulisevsky, who's not going to. So I think it makes a lot of sense, um, you know, not being with Kulisevsky. With Bruno Fernandes, because he's on penalties and he's on set pieces as well, I think it makes a lot of sense um, staying with him. Salah is definitely going to be on set pieces and, you know, he gave an assist against Chelsea. So you wouldn't want to bet not having him in your team. I think, Anama, what I'll agree with you is uh, Diego Jota, because he's prone to having yellow cards. And I'd rather you give me four points from not having yellow cards and not even contributing to a goal and assist than to, you know, play two, than to play 90 minutes and then a yellow card and I, and I end up with one point. That's not going to, you know, help me at all. And a player I did not particularly like um, his conduct on the pitch was Jackson. I feel like Jackson, although he can score his goals, He's not consistent enough as a forward. And if there's a Chelsea player I want to add to my team, I'd want to go for maybe Mikhail Modric. I think that Pochettino might have realised early on that Modric should have come on earlier 
you know, to give a a much bigger contribution to the team. But I mean, as as a Liverpool fan, I will take the draw, even though that wasn't my plan. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll take it through. Let's just go through game week two. We have on Friday at um six forty-five PM GMT Forest take on Sheffield. On Sunday, we have the first game. Actually, the first three games of the day start at 2 p.m. GMT, Fulham, Brentford. Then Burnmouth goes away to Liverpool at Anfield. Then we have Brighton going to Wolves. And then at 4.30, we have Manchester United going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And then Newcastle going to Etihad to try and unearth them. And then on Sunday, we have Aston Villa versus Everton at 1 p.m. And Chelsea versus West Ham at 3.30. And then on Monday, just like game week one again, we have Arsenal going to their London neighbours at Crystal Palace. Nanama, Sabello, which of these games are you looking forward to and why? Personally, it would be the City and Newcastle game, as well as the Spurs-United game. But if I have to base it off of the first game, and people were playing very well. I mean, Newcastle scored five on this past weekend. And City, you know, City show was showing people that they're back. So I'm I'm looking forward to see those Alexander Isak against Ruben Diaz's, you know, Allen going at Newcastle, Tonali against Bernardo Silva in the midfield. I mean, I'm excited. I can't lie. What about you, Nana? Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to the Man City, Newcastle, and um, the Liverpool. Sorry, uh, United Spurs game as well. They're gonna be a lot of goals. I I have that position. I believe that possibly a three three or four three kind of scoreline for both for both games. And um, I'm looking to avoid defenders from those teams and see if I can get some midfielders and you know forwards in there. Um, for Liverpool Bournemouth, I believe that um, for my little research, Bournemouth has a weak um, left back, left side, left wing. And I believe that um, Liverpool will take advantage of that with Salah. And Trent would advance more, creating more chances and possibly can break in more points from that game. Um, I think that I'm going to disagree with uh, them on... Nicholas Jackson, he has, he's more than just a striker from the way Chelsea's playing him. He seems to be, have more to his game, you know, creating spaces, possibly even more assists than goals might happen this season with the way he's playing. But, and the, I mean, Chelsea has always needed someone to carry the front, you know, someone to have that extra edge to you know make that shot get create that pass and he has that and I feel like he's going to be involved in a lot of Chelsea's attack if not assists key passes possibly goals I feel like against West Ham is going to be a challenge obviously but he's likely to get his first goal against West Ham and I'm looking forward to screaming about that in the next part but let's see how it goes um, Aston Villa Everton is going to be a very interesting game. I want to see how that plays out considering Villa's poor performance in the first game week. Everton can be a troubling team, so I don't know what to expect from that. But in terms of a lot of goals, I'm, um, as Sabella mentioned, when looking at those two games, Wolves-Brighton too is going to be an interesting one. I don't know what the turnout can possibly be, but I'm, I'm rooting for a draw here, a score draw, a high one. For me, I'm not necessarily excited about game week two because I still don't have players um, for Friday's game. So definitely managers are going to have a, a real experience. Those especially would have these players in their team, like, you know, a Woyini or having a Langa in your team or having someone like um, some of the Sheffield players. You know, I've not really followed Sheffield like that, so I can't really speak much. Of course, it just came into the league, so nobody's going to focus on them actively. But I think the game between Spurs and Manu is going to be a real, you know, blockbuster because Manu will be trying to continue their good run so far. 
and Spurs will be trying to prove to their fans that, hey, the first game was just a blip. Uh, we can survive from it and we can become better. But I think that it's going to be a very cagey affair. If it ends in a draw, I will not be surprised. Liverpool, Ben Mouth, uh, maybe we can ride on the good times from last year when we give them 9-0 and perhaps Salah will do better. I will back Salah for this game because, um, of course, it's a lesser, difficult team and he'll be hungry, you know, to get his goal scoring for this season off the ground, having failed to extend his record of scoring on the opening days. City-Newcastle is going to be a real interesting game to watch. I don't think it's going to be easy for Newcastle. Um, it's also not going to be easy for City because now Eddie Howe would have to find a way to break them as early as possible. But, but we do know that City do have the experience. However, without their second talisman in Kevin De Bruyne, would see whether players like Bernardo Silva and whether players like Kovacic can secure long-term you know, appearance for the games moving forward. Villa versus Everton. Um, I perceive it to be looking boring because Everton didn't take their chances in the first game week. And, you know, Villa would also try to, worst case scenario, get a point from this game, looking at the fact that they didn't start game week one well um, to Brighton. Brentford-Fulham is going to be a very interesting one. Um, for both teams, they, you know, are more or less ranked around the same difficulty. So, who knows? Maybe Brian Imbuemo Brian can continue. He and Visa can continue their good run of form. And maybe Fulham, Leno and his boys can also try and get another three points or a point in there. Wolves-Brighton, I think, would be a very interesting game. Whether we, whether we like it or not, Wolves didn't play badly at all. In fact, they were more composed, especially in the second half, compared to Manchester United. It's unfortunately that they didn't get that penalty coming through to them. But that's how I see it. Palace Arsenal, uh, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. Um, I know Palace don't like Arsenal that much. And, you know, everybody in London would want to try and crush Arsenal as soon as possible. So that is how the that is how I see the game for next week, Monday. But um, I do hope that if Arsenal is going to do very well, the likes of Saka, Martinelli and Odingard can do much better this game week because I mean two points from Odingard in game week one. That was just that was just, you know, embarrassing. Nanama, before we jump into the captain picks for the week, uh, who do you think would make up your players for the upcoming game week? Right. Um I'm thinking that Chuel is logged in for me. Um in terms of what he brings to the team. He had one big as one big chance created, five passes in the final third, and defenders doing well in attack is is very great for FPL. We know that, and if you look at his heat map from the Liverpool game, he had all red after the you know the the from the midfield to the opponent's uh, defense. That was where his focus was, and I believe that that is what is going to happen in subsequent game games because I believe that. Pochettino has seen something unique about him in terms of attack is he can break it in. And I believe Chelsea would be very, very uh, a threat, really, when, when it comes to how they push their fullbacks all the way to the top, increasing the numbers in front. Um, in the, the Wolves game, I have Estupinan, I have Mitoma, and I, I have Jao Pedro as well. Now, I don't know if I should keep Mitoma going into such a game, but he's shown a lot in the game week one for me to believe that I should keep him for this game week. Wolves as well, They the thing is, in terms of expected goals last season, they finished 20th. And Brighton finished top five in expected um, goals considered away from home. So with Estupinan, he's shown great attacking potential and I believe that he's a keep for me. Trent, there's a lot of buzz going around because they're playing against Bournemouth, but I don't think that's enough for me to bring him in given his price point. 
Um, also in the, with the midfield, I'm really tempted to bring in Salah, right? But then I have a very big question for all of us to really look into. Do we think it's worth bringing in Salah for the possible party against Bournemouth, considering they play Newcastle in the next game week? And I want us to address this before I move on because I'm really thinking about it. Plus, his, his price is really high. I mean, Salah yeah. as a premium pick, mm. um, you know his um, how hungry he is. This is a game at Anfield. They would want to impress their fans after having such a cagey affair at Stamford Bridge. You know, the energy will be um, high. The, the morale will be high as well. I mean, if you can afford Salah, why not? But you should have at least one Liverpool forward in there, whether it's Luis, whether it's Salah. Salah is likely to give you a goal and assist. Luis is likely to give you an assist. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would go with Salah if you can afford him for, you know, his crazy price of top and five. But if you can't, maybe you should go for a forward like Darwin Nunes. Given the fact that Jota started with a yellow card, I have a feeling that looking at how Nunes came on and looked very deadly, especially with that close chance, Klopp may most likely start him. So if you can afford Nunes, bring him in there. But I will always back Salah, you know, any game week. Because I remember last season, in the last five, six games, there was one particular game week he failed to give us enough points. And then I remember on the FPL pod and even on social media, they were talking about do we need to take Salah out? Is it too expensive? And then in two game weeks, he performed very well. So he's one of those players, when he, he's on his good day, he's on his good day. And you know, the league just started. Everybody is trying to rake in too much points. So if you can, if you can afford Salah, go all out for him. You certainly not regret it. So is, it, is Salah worth um, a hit this weekend? You know, minus four, maybe? Worth a minus four, definitely not worth a hit because there will be game weeks where certain teams won't play. So you'd want to make sure you have all your chips in as early as possible. I took a minus four, if I'm being very honest with you, to bring in Isak into my team, knowing very well the position that he's going to be playing. So I think I think it's more than worth it um, to, you know, take a minus four. That should be fine. A minus four should be fine, but it's too early to play either your wild card or oh, your free hit chip. So, Sabella, what you what you thinking on this? Yeah, I'm thinking Salah's going to probably play this weekend. I mean, it's the beginning of the new season, so we'll be, we'll be looking to get started because in the first game of the game week, it was a slow start. But I think mm-hmm. Liverpool, as Adam says, you, you, should, you should have at least one Liverpool forward, like Luis Diaz. I have Luis Diaz on my team, and I'm expecting him to play very well. And Robertson on the crosses in the back line, I recommend people to take him as well. And then looking at the other games, in the Fulham-Brentford game, it would be interesting if you take an Embuemo up front, considering what, what a player he is and has been since Ivan Antonio has been suspended. Right. And in the in the Wolves and Brighton game, yeah, Brighton Brighton looked pretty 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 good. Now I don't think Wolves versus Brighton is what it used to be. Where it was the middle middle of the log tie. I feel like Brighton have a um, a leg on 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 Wolves, and having players like Estupinian in your team. I feel like everybody saw him in the first game. He played pretty well. So having him against Wolves, I, I think he'll be doing very well. And then with Chelsea, I feel Chelsea are not the Chelsea that, that we saw towards the end of the season. I feel Chelsea are in a better position now to, to, to play pretty well. And I see them getting a win against West Ham. And with the Arsenal game, if you have a soccer in your team, this week i choose him to captain over Haaland because, as you say, the, the, the Newcastle and City game is not as obvious as, as other City games. But Saka against Crystal Palace, I mean, Crystal Palace are without uh, Wilfred Zaha and Michael Olise. 
So I feel like their striking power has gone down. So I don't think they'll really come at Arsenal that much. I think I, I agree with you when you talk about Chelsea doing very well. Um, I, they, they, they did play a good game against Liverpool. I mean, the truth of the matter is Liverpool was bad after the way they started very well. But you, you can't take away from Chelsea that they played a very good game. And they would continue, you know, on that momentum. Um, I would still go with captaining Haaland only because he's going to get a lot of chances coming to them. And Newcastle from last season, we saw that they can be very inconsistent as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a safe captaining option as compared to Saka against, you know, Palace. Palace can decide to pack the bus for that whole game. And in doing that, it's going to be a real headache for, you know, Saka. And, and seeing that Haaland got a goal four minutes in on game week one, it's very likely that he can do that again. And you really want to passion on all the points you can get from captain and a player like Haaland as compared to missing out on him very early on. I am regretting big time, really big time, on not captaining him this weekend and rather giving it to Bruno Fernandes. I mean, 13 points ahead of three, I don't think anybody should advise me anymore. I would certainly give him the captain's armband. Nanama, do continue with your players for the week. Yes, yes. Um, I like that Sabelo mentioned Saka as a captaincy option. I'm not considering him as a, as a captaincy option, but as a key player for this game week, yes, you should consider having Saka. Um, he, they, coming up against Palace uh, this game week, they've conceded, Palace has conceded maximum chances from the left flank, uh, you know, in the past season, and Saka could haul yet again. And I believe that you would probably wish you had him if you, if you don't this game week. With the discussion about the forwards, Haaland, I think with KDB's absence, is something to keep an eye on. When you look at the stats from last season, KDB assisted 13 of um, Haaland's 52 goals from last season. And so you can't say that um, you know, it's even 50%. And so we should be cautious, you know, of having Haaland or Captain Haaland. As Adam mentioned, you you don't want to miss out on cap, not Captain Haaland. So obviously he should be in your team, even if you don't want to captain him. Um, but he has a great record at home in the play home. And he continues to be the best option available in the premium category for now. So Obviously, if you have him at that price point, you might want to consider really captaining him. Jao Pedro, another key player for me this week. I think he's, you know, one of the best budget options to have this season. And he has the, the second best uh, XG from last week. But he missed a very good chance. And he is likely to miss a, a very good chance on any good day. So, But he as again, he's on penalties. So that's a good uh, advantage to have with any FPL asset. And he's likely to score in the next game week. He's always hungry for goals. And I believe that he's one to hold on to, at least till, you know, it seems as if Brighton is looking, you know, shaky and you might want to change things up. When there's momentum building up, you want to make sure that you are benefiting from that momentum till it turns tight. Um, yeah, that's much of a, about the key players that I'm looking out for this game week. Okay. I think one person you should add to it, maybe it's Rodri, uh, looking that he started very well and he's going to be like a safe, you know, haven for most managers where, let's say, come end of season, you may just win your mini leagues or the overall FPL by that two extra points that he'll give you, knowing that he's more or less the midfield general for Pep Guardiola's team. And if there's going to be any rotation... It doesn't literally affect him. And I think a long-term defender who would probably prove to a lot of managers this season that you need to add me to your squad is Disassi. I think he looked very much a place in Chelsea's team. I would give either him or Levi Corwell the man of the match, although it was given to Chilwell. I, I believe either Disassi or Corwell could have done very well. And I think one player that surprised me is Solly March, you know, with how he got a goal 
in the first game week, he can be quite inconsistent, which is a real headache for a lot of managers. Would rather prefer a player who is more or less more consistent, like Haaland. And you know, just to add to what you're saying, for a player who's owned by 90.7% of the 8.9 million managers out there, you do not want to miss out on having him as your captain, especially if he's able to get a hat-trick against Newcastle. I have learned my lesson the very hard way, and I'll definitely take it home with me. Looking at Luton and how they play, do you think long-term, Sabelo, question to you, do you think long-term managers are going to have their players in their team or would rather stick to having Kabore and Bell just because we want 4.0 million options? I think it's going to be a tough season for Luton since they are it's their first time back in the Premier League. So I wouldn't look to add their players now, but, you know, Kabore played well as Adem. I didn't know him until Adem spoke about him, but he played very well. But I don't think they're going to play well for a few weeks until they actually adapt to the league, you know, playing with big money players compared to what they were up against last season. But maybe later on in the season, you will definitely look to add them to your squad. And the number for the shuffled guys who... They look a bit out of place, if, if we are being honest. And uh, we, do, we do know that the last time when they were in the league, they had a very exciting player in Lundstrom. Do we think they can show us that kind of momentum again coming in this season with their players? Sheffield, they, they have to build momentum in the Premier League. They have to, you know, get, that to, the, get to that point where they believe that they deserve a place in the competition as well. And I don't think they're finding their fit yet. Eventually they would and possibly put up a challenge. But against Nottingham that, you know, doesn't have the best of defence, we could be surprised. Um, I'm looking forward to being surprised. <laughs> but that would be a very hard challenge for them to pull off. So for now, in terms of FPL assets, I would say avoid. If anything, Elanga was great. Um, against Arsenal, he he was electrifying. He brought a, so much energy into that um, Nottingham side. Should he start against um, Sheffield, it could be a problem for them. So I think that you might want to put a pin in that. If as again as you suggested, if you have such players to you know just keep on the bench and then hold on to your premium options, I think that if you're considering that, then possibly yes. If you don't need to. You know, if you don't need to take an advantage of a pep roulette, you know, having a big player coming from the bench, but then then again, you can have them and, you know, keep hold on to your premiums. Okay, so each of us uh, should give one player that we are looking into Game Week 2 who's going to do very well. Starting from me, I mean, the obvious choice, Mohamed Salah, knowing that we scored nine last year against Bournemouth, I'm backing him up to have a really good um, game week two. What about you, Sabello? Yeah, I feel like Nicholas Jackson is going to want to make a statement and announce his, his, his arrival in the Premier League. I feel like he has that, they, they call it that dog. I feel like he has that dog in him. He's going to definitely do pretty well. And other people, I would say probably Haaland as a close second. I'd probably say Haaland. Nama, what about you? Don't don't mention Haaland because you know everybody's gonna mention Haaland, but who do you think is gonna be that standout player um for game week two? I think that the game with the possible most points in, in game week two is the Liverpool game. And as you mentioned, Salah, he didn't have the game that he wanted against Chelsea. And the next game is going to be quite a challenge for Liverpool. So I'm thinking that it's between Salah and Trent to have the most points this weekend. I think that's a very interesting option, knowing that Trent played right back against Chelsea and uh, couldn't contribute much to midfield. But, I mean, with all things FPL, we can only give our takes and uh, it, it's, it boils down to the performance of the players 
during the game week four. Game week two, our captain picks, our top three captain picks are um, Ellie Haaland, of course, knowing that he's already scored two goals and he's on a very good run of form. Um, the second pick for captain, I believe, will be uh, Bukayo Saka because against Palace, they can continue to perform the way that they did. And I believe the third pick should definitely go to Mohamed Salah, knowing very well that Liverpool did very well against Burnmouth last year, scoring nine. And, you know, Salah is very hungry here. Nanama, who do you think would give us the most points out of these three captain picks? Salah, no doubt. It's going to be Salah. You see, the thing is... Um... I don't want to say he likes to be the center of attention when it comes to such such, such games, <laughs> but that's it for me. And he was not really excited about Klopp taking him off. And obviously he wants to show why he should not be taken off in a, in a game that they probably need to win or they need more goals. So I think Salah is going to be brilliant in the in the this game week. Um, Haaland... I'm not too sure what to expect, but I won't be surprised if he scores a hat-trick. But I'm going to go with Salah this way. Sabelo, do you agree, Nanama? Are you leaving your captain armband for the Egyptian king? I also think Salah's going to do pretty well this this game week. Bournemouth are not the toughest of opponents. They don't have the most solid back lines. So I feel like he's going to contribute a lot to that game. But like there are other players that could do well as well. But yeah, Salah probably probably is gonna rack up the most points. I mean, it's all gonna be positive for us managers if at the end we can get to enjoy so many points coming in from you know the Salas, the Haalands, the Sakas, the Martinellis. It will just make the game a bit more competitive, and competition is what we need, you know, moving forward, so that not one manager can have it all. Okay, so we do know that we've picked our captains, we've picked our teams for the week. Let's select our highest scoring game and our lowest scoring game. For me, I think the lowest scoring game would have to be Nottingham Sheffield because Sheffield will try to go in there to hold a draw, you know, to save their face. Nottingham looked um, a bit scary when they came on, especially with the transitioning through Elanga and Awoyini. But I don't see them, you know, doing a 4-0 or a 5-0. Best case scenario, maybe a 1-0 for Forest. So for me, that would be my lowest scoring game. The highest scoring game, I have to go with City-Newcastle. Last season, we do know that the game ended 3-3 in one of their legs. And that was a very interesting game where it was very cagey. I perhaps see that happening knowing very well that Castle has started well. And City has also started well. So that's going to be my highest scoring game. Sabelo, what's going to be your highest and your lowest scoring game, FKL? I have to agree with you with the Newcastle and City game. I feel like they both have some of the strongest attackers in the league. So I'm I'm expecting end-to-end stuff. I mean, I'm expecting top saves from goalkeepers on both teams as well. And, you know, generally a very good game. So, if Man City and Newcastle are going to have a very... It's going to be a watch. And then for the lowest game, probably Forrest against Sheffield because both teams don't have strong attacks. I mean, Forrest did pretty decently against Arsenal, but then they're not a high-scoring team. And Sheffield is also not a very high-scoring team. It's not people you think of first when you talk about goals. So that would also be my, my lowest scoring team. Nanama, what about you? Do you think that Man City Newcastle can't be the highest scoring goal or you have another fixture in mind? Um, it could be the Liverpool Bournemouth game or it could be the Spurs United game. Um, the reason I say the Liverpool Bournemouth is obviously if Liverpool fails to keep a, a clean sheet, but are able to rake in a lot of points, uh, goals, sorry, that, you know, amounts to a lot of points FPL-wise. Um, in terms of City, Newcastle, yeah, we do expect a lot of goals in there, but it's going to be shared. And so if you really want um, 
the most. I think you shouldn't be targeting the Liverpool assets because they're going to have a feast. Um, but hey, it's FPL. You could be surprised. So you could be right with City Newcastle. Um, when I was thinking about the highest scoring game between City Newcastle United Spurs, I'm thinking, you know, between Spurs United, it could be I don't know a two-two, maybe a two-one, a three-two, a three-three. But for City Newcastle, it has the potential of going to like a four-four even, you know, because because they they really go all out, and that's the kind of game. Football fans, FPL fans, everybody wants to be, you know, in front of through the weekend. And so I'm going to go with um, that. I feel like it's going to be a, a, a draw between, you know, Man City, Newcastle, Liverpool, Bournemouth. And there's the lowest scoring game. I'm going to have, I have to agree with both of you on the Forest uh, Sheffield game. I don't see any other game being, let me say, as boring as that in FPL wise. Maybe Villa Everton, if Everton goes with their, you know, low block approach, they could frustrate Villa. So that could also be another option. I mean, the more goals for Liverpool, the happier I'll be and the more content I'll be, especially if Salah can get a hat trick and maybe two assists if we do like a six or a five. <laughs> that that would be a fantastic game weekend for me. Just during this conversation, I have changed my captain to Salah. Thank you guys for your <laughs> advice. And uh, I hope you and all the managers listening in follow shoot and really see the value coming through. Once again, to go through game week two on Friday at 6.45 p.m. GMT, we have Forest versus Sheffield. Saturday at 2 p.m. GMT, we have Fulham versus Brentford. We have Benmouth going away to Anfield. And to face Liverpool, we've got Wolves versus Brighton, United travel to Spurs for the 4.30 game. And then the last game on Saturday, City versus Newcastle at Etihad, 7pm GMT. And then Sunday, we have two games at 1pm GMT, Aston Villa, Everton. And at 3.30pm GMT, we have West Ham versus Chelsea, a cagey game that I'm looking forward to support West Ham for them to get three points. And on Monday... We see our favorite Gunners going on to try and get another three points against Crystal Palace. It's been an exciting conversation. Thank you very much to our audience for tuning in to episode two of the African Fantasy Football Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, our in-house FPO, which Nanama, and the very astute Arsenal fan, Sabelo Mbongo. Do join us for the next episode as we review game week two and preview game week three. Goodbye.